Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a power panel from across the globe. We are talking about something so serious and so real that's new to me, but not new to many. Um, this is something that many women face more than not, believe it or not. Um, there's mixed emotion, literally, mixed hormones, and everything else surrounding this issue. Today, I have on the panel some Hister sisters, and we are going to talk about the pros and cons of hysterectomies. We're going to talk about the impact on families and real life. So first off, I want to welcome Miranda to the show. Hey, Miranda. Hi, Anika. Thanks for having me on today. It is my pleasure. Can you tell listeners who you are and where you're coming to us from? Absolutely. Well, my name is Miranda Bailey, as Anika said, and I'm coming today from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, this is obviously for my accent, not my real home. Um, I am from Arkansas originally and still have um, a home there and divide my time between California, Utah, and here, uh, Arkansas, and uh, just... Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, very passionate about women's health and women's, women in general, women in business. And I love sharing my story to try to help other people. And I'm just so thankful that you asked me on today to talk a little bit about my experiences. I'm so happy to hear, to have you here and also hear more about your story because I think that everyone's story is different. And that is to be said, even with everybody we have here today. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, basically, um, you know, when I started thinking about what I could share here today about my journey through my hysterectomy, I wanted to tell everybody that, you know, you are not alone. Um, it, it is very difficult to have women's health issues. I feel like medicine has traditional medicine anyway, has underserved women for a long time. And, um, you know, at the age of 35, my mother actually had a hysterectomy at the age of 30. Um, at the age of 35, I started having a lot of perimenopausal symptoms and uh, just, you know, didn't feel right. Um, ended up having two different ablations and uh, that was painful and it, it was kind of like a band-aid. It helped for a little while. You know, I, I really wanted to avoid a hysterectomy, but at the age of 44, um, ended up having an emergency hysterectomy right before Christmas, wrecked all my Christmas plans. Um, thought I moved past that, but ended up right back in the hospital with pneumonia um, from a weakened state and just the trauma of, of the surgery. Um, and actually almost died from pneumonia. Um, so moved past that and then was in full-blown menopause, obviously. Um, and that, I really struggled with that a lot, trying to get my hormones back right and feel like myself. Um, I know some women have no problem at all after hysterectomy. They're like, oh, it was a breeze. You know, I, I, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so thankful I did it. And um, I am not one of those. And I have learned there's so many voices unheard like mine who really do, just could not find themselves again after their hysterectomy. It did totally transform my life. Um, eventually, you know, I found the right doctor and the right therapies. And I feel like I'm finally myself again. Um, but it's been quite a journey and, and it took a long time. I'm now 51. Um, and I feel like I'm starting my life over at 51 now. <laughs> it's so interesting because you actually tie into the, um, the aftermath a lot. I think that it's what people don't understand about it is how long of a journey it is for most of us, whether it's how long it is before we have intervention whether it's how long it is um, until we, you know, feel normal again after the surgery, whether how long the recovery period is. And like you said, it's so different for every woman. Um, you know, even from 
having miscarriages, births, whatever our story was before the surgery. But for you, I think um, the difference from this call is also the aftermath pertaining to the different types of surgeries. And we'll get into that more after we hear the other ladies talk about their story so that we can talk about it all um, together because I think you um, can shed a lot of light on that aspect. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've learned to be a scientist in my own health. Um, you know, my fiance and I became so passionate about trying to find a cure for me that we actually, you know, own a hormone therapy clinic now and, you know, have found solutions for women that are healthy and kind of follow the natural rhythms of women's cycles. And that was really hard to recreate when you don't have a cycle anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I do feel blessed and fortunate and I do want to speak out and try to help other women and be an advocate for them. That's awesome. And it's so interesting you say that because on my normal podcast, the question that I always get into is what problem led to you starting your business? And you just answered that because most of our businesses are started by a problem that we had in our lives that we did not find a resolution to in any other aspect. And, and that's what drives us. It's, it's interesting how I always say that our tragedy is our triumph because we go through things and we have to find a resolution. It's a matter of whether we, you know, just give up or whether we do something about it. And now you're doing something for other women. And that's, that's extremely powerful. Well, thank you. I think that's what life is all about, helping others and helping yourself and finding solutions and just, you know, enjoying every day. And that's what I'm set to do. That's right. Yeah. Dillis, can you tell listeners who you are and how you come into this story and realm of Hister Sisterhood? Yes, yes. Hola, my name is Dills Victoria. I am the creative enthusiast as well as media concierge of Dills Victoria Media Experience. What I do is I help entrepreneurs transitioning, I mean, employees transitioning into entrepreneurship, get their stories out there by getting them seen and heard on social media, media, as well as events. And so when they're at their nine to five, I act as their right hand to make sure that their business brands and services are being put on the forefront without them having to do anything and just make sure that I schedule them for um, podcasts such as this and other media platforms as well as schedule them to go to different networking events after work and on the weekends so it doesn't really mess with their focus um, where the nine to five is concerned because when I was an employee before I turned into an entrepreneur, I remember going to the conference room trying to speak to do a podcast like this at 12 o'clock <laughs> or go to a networking event and it was it was a lot that I had to do with, so I decided to just create an untapped market to be a media concierge for employees that are transitioning to entrepreneurs. And I had my hysterectomy uh, last year, October 16, 2018, but before that I actually had a myomectomy where I had four fibroids taken out. Um, and then it really, really put a damper on me because I was in the hospital 13 days, almost died from it. I was given eight antibiotics that was in and out my system and two of them failed. And I woke up one morning and I was in the hospital. I was gray, lips blue. And I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, I think I'm going to die. And it was great. Good run life. <laughs> but um, I did, they had to do an emergency surgery on me and everything was going okay with recovery. And then three weeks later, I was having sharp shooting pains on my right hand side, right under my right breast. And I couldn't breathe properly. And so my ex-husband had to take me to the hospital, come to find out my gallbladder was damaged beyond repair. So I had to have a second surgery while actually recovering from my first surgery. And then two weeks later, me and him ended up getting married. And so um, fast forward to 2018, I started having like, um, my stomach started protruding all over again as if the fibers were coming back. So I went to the doctor and sure enough, he was like, well, the fiber is the size of a golf ball. Your uterus is the size of a melon and it's growing and it's shoved up, it's pushed up into your stomach. And um, when she, the, the nurse went to do the sonogram to see my uterus, she couldn't find my uterus. And she was like, where's the uterus? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think it fell out and, you know, walked out of my vagina, but you can't find it. I don't understand why. So the reason why she couldn't find it is because it was pushed up into my stomach. And so the doctor said when he was administering the surgery to, to take out my uterus, he was having a hard time because one of the fibroids was um, stuck to the scar tissue from the last surgery and the other fibroid was stuck onto my uterus. So my stomach, while he was pulling it out, 
Well, he was pulling out my uterus and trying to get it out. My stomach was kind of sticking to it. And so I had that issue. But afterwards, I mean, the recovery was a little, it was tough. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't tough. Um, I think the, the worst part for me was the emotional aspect of it because I was home and I'm, I'm a type of person, I'm an entrepreneur as well. So I'm always running around doing this, doing that. So it kind of like made me go into a depressed stage and I had to go outside. But going outside was difficult in itself because walking, I felt like an 85-year-old woman. Every step I took was just like, what the hell's going on? Because I'm a speed beat. I'm used to go, go, go. And it just like made me slow down, which was a gift in itself because for someone like me who was always on the go, I needed to literally sit my ass down, so to speak. And so in that, I had to look at it in that aspect and say, okay, well, this happened for a reason. One reason is because I have to slow down and really, really pay attention to my body, pay attention to myself. And the other reason is because um, what happened eight years ago. So that's my story with having a hysterectomy. Um, I'm okay now. I'm about 20 weeks post-op and getting better day by day. And the hot flashes, they're there. And for me too, the other thing that's interesting was the fact that every time it's that time of month, even though I'm not having a cycle, I'm having the cravings. I want to eat chocolate. I'm breaking out like a freaking teenager. And of course, the hot flashes. So that's what I'm experiencing right now. And I mean, it's okay. You take, take with what it comes and you just pay attention to your body. The other thing that happened to me too was a couple weeks ago, due to ibuprofen, I started having chest pains and like um, heart spasms and I had to go to my doctor. And, you know, thank goodness she experienced having hysterectomy. So she knew, knew exactly what happened. So ibuprofen and me were not friends because it did a number to my stomach, but did not affect my stomach in a sense of giving, giving me nausea or stomach pains. It affected me in my chest. And she said that was due to having the surgery and them giving, them giving me um, that type of medication to take because she was like, you don't take meds. I said, no, I'm holistic type of girl. I like teas and um, spices and herbs and anything holistic. So when it comes to putting medication in my body, it's not good. So I had to like completely flip that, start drinking a lot of water and doing things completely differently than I normally would when my body's concerned. I mean, it's, it's okay. There's days where it's like, all right, I can't speed walk as much as I want to and my energy's down. But other than that, I'm fine. The other thing is the fact that it's really, really cold these days. It's doing a number on my body right now. So, you know, just looking, looking for the changes that takes place. It, it makes you really, really aware of your body. That much I can say. <laughs> it does. But, um, you know, to piggyback off of what Miranda said, you know, she, she's definitely in her purpose and this happening to her at 35 and just going through the pre-menopause before then, I, that was happening to me too. I was 37, 38, waking up with like sweats at night, drenched. And I didn't understand why. And then Finally, I was talking to my mom, and she was like, well, you know, your grandmother, she finished menopause when she was 42. I was like, say what? <laughs> what? She's like, yeah, a lot of, sometimes women, it just happens where their hormones or whatever the case may be, they start very early with menopause. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really crazy where a situation where you had to have it done because it was an emergency as opposed to knowing what the situation is and what, what you have to go through and kind of like mentally prepare yourself for it. The one thing that I did to like have my mind at ease with this whole process was I decided to just write a letter to my uterus and I thanked her for her service and all of the, the, the havoc she put my ass through and I burned it and I saged and I did a little, you know, a little ceremony for her and I just thanked her for, for everything that she was to me because for 41 years, she was with me. So I felt like I needed to do that and just make my peace with it. Because if I didn't, then I would be falling out over the place. Like, damn, like my organ just came out my body and I don't understand why. So I had to make peace with it. And that's what I did. And Anika's cracking up at me. <laughs> Every time I hear the story, I die laughing, but it is such a healthy coping skill. Like it is yeah. amazing. And I have not done it yet. And I've heard this story and I know that it's true and I know it's necessary. And it's awesome because Every woman can relate to what her relationship to her uterus was. 
Yeah. And and we all have a story. And that's like a whole nother podcast. Like, cause I could go yeah. on and on with my story with my uterus. But each of you guys have said stuff that I can actually relate to that I didn't realize was related. Um, so I'm not gonna get into mine yet, but I'm gonna let Patrice go ahead and introduce herself to the world, please, ma'am. Oh well, hello. I am Patrice Danielle, and I go by the name of She Inspires over on social media. I'm an online personal growth coach, and I had my hysterectomy on the 27th of May 2014. Um, this was done to save my life. Basically, I'd been told by the doctors that I had a low-lying placenta from maybe about 20 weeks which was a bit unfortunate because I wanted to try a natural birth. I had three cesarean sections prior and I really wanted to try a natural birth. My consultant agreed and said, fine, you didn't see any problems apart from the low line placenta, which he said could still move and had time to move. Um, I got to about 32 weeks and I found out that my husband at the time, my now ex-husband had been having an affair so um, I'm actually epileptic as well. So the shock caused me to have a seizure. I fell onto my stomach and I started bleeding. And I started bleeding just a little bit. And then I was taken into hospital because I had a low line placenta and it just increased a little bit more each day. The bleeding increased, increased, increased. The unfortunate thing was, was that um, like Miranda and Dillis, I'm loved like holistic stuff as well I'm very much into trying alternative methods as opposed to just taking medication and being hooked up to drips and things like that so while I was in the hospital I was doing my own research into placental abruption and the possible outcomes etc um and I was I was reading that the bleeding was a very bad sign and that you know gradual increasing of bleeding is not a good sign doctors wouldn't listen to me until one day I started bleeding and it was literally like a tap and I wouldn't stop bleeding I was rushed into theatre and my son thank god was delivered safely um, I lost 11 pints of blood and was given a hysterectomy as a way of saving my life they didn't think I was going to survive they came out actually came out of surgery and said to my mum we don't think she's going to make it. She's lost too much blood. We've saved the baby, but we don't think we can save her. So when I woke up in recovery and was told we had to give you a hysterectomy to save your life, it was a massive shock. I was only 29 at the time. Uh, a part of me was obviously glad that I was alive, <laughs> obviously, but a part of me was, it was very hard to, to digest because I hadn't gone into surgery thinking I'm going to come out losing such a massive part of a woman's body do you know what I mean it's 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 such a feminine thing and I think when women do go through hysterectomies it's very easy to feel like you're less of a woman in that respect and a lot of the time obviously as women we're naturally born to you know reproduce and have periods and stuff like that and when those that important elements taken away it can really affect your emotions and it affected mine greatly. I went into depression for a time. I felt like I'd been robbed of my opportunity to have more children. Um, and at the time I wasn't looking at the blessing that was in front of me, granted I already had four amazing children that were healthy and strong, but I guess it was just the option that was taken away from me, which I found to be unfair. Not that I was planning to go on and have more. It was just, if I wanted to, the options no longer there. So that was kind of what I struggled with mo more than anything else um and I just found it to be such a it was an eye-opening experience because like Dillis and Miranda said you learn so much about your body you learn so much about you know yourself just in that process and because I had so much recovery time alone and like Dillis I'm very active I'm always on the go I've got four children so I have no choice but also I'm an entrepreneur and work from home you know I run a house you know I'm a busy person so being kind of restricted to having to rely on people was very very hard for me I'm not someone that likes to ask for help very often at all I'm very much a survivor I'm a strong person you know I do it by myself but 
that was really probably the hardest thing was having to rely on my mum a lot for her help um, and not really having anybody that could understand what I was actually going through. I mean, people could sympathise and, oh, that's, you know, but no one that actually had gone through the process and knew what I was feeling physically, emotionally. Some days I'd be fine. Other days I'd be in floods of tears. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm waking up and my whole bed is just soaked. and I don't know what is going on. You know, my hormones up and down. And it was just, it was just a roller coaster, literally a roller coaster. So I'm so glad that now, you know, things like this are being brought to light in podcasts like this, because if I had had something like this to listen to, I would have felt so much better just knowing that there's other women that have gone through it, albeit in different circumstances, but the experience is practically the same. The recovery, the the feelings, the emotions, the roller coaster. It you know, we all have that in common. And I just think it's so important for it to be highlighted for others as well. Thank you so much because your story is so different, even from Miranda and Dillis and myself. Um, I guess I'll share my um, hysterectomy was a week after Dillis and that is how we actually met. Um, I was terrified because I was a newlywed. I got married in July and in October I thought I was having a miscarriage. I was bleeding and I, you know, having irregular periods over the years, you kind of get conditioned to not thinking anything is a big deal. But when I realized that, you know, I also have a daughter who's menstruating, so it threw mine off. So there were all these factors that made me not think that something was wrong because I've had pain since I was 12 years old. And um, I, uh, when I finally realized I shouldn't have been bleeding, I went to the hospital and they could not figure out why I was bleeding. Um, I said, well, maybe I'm having a miscarriage. And um, come to find out I had massive mega uh, amounts of blood clots that they literally had to remove um, I've also had blood clots in my lungs and in my legs before. So when they said blood clot, I freaked out. Um, they um, had a week before told me that I had tumors and cysts that they needed to, to further investigate. But a week later, I'm bleeding uncontrollably. So um, I then learned that I had to have a hysterectomy. And when the doctor scheduled it three weeks out, I lost it. Um, it was extremely scary for me because for uh, 25 years, I was complaining to the doctors and being put on depo and all these things to keep me from having cycles to try to mitigate my pain. Um, then being diagnosed with blood clots, fibromyalgia, all these other autoimmune diseases, you know, looking for lupus because the pain, you know, stemming from my stomach, but from digestive, everything you never realize the impact that tumors, cysts, and all these things have on your body and your other systems. Um, at this point, when they told me that I had to have a hysterectomy, I was devastated mostly because I was a newlywed. I couldn't understand how that was taken away from me. Um, the option, as Patrice said, I have three children, but that wasn't the point. You know, I'm like, you know, I am a woman and that is my right. Um, then again, a piece of me was actually thinking, what if this is the cause of all of my pain? And the idea of that being a solution was like, take whatever you want. Because the years and years of pain of finding out what to eat in the morning or how to deal with my stomach and, and every kind of issue that, that really stems from our guts that we don't realize, um, all of that was happening. Um, I also, a week before my surgery, was having a lot of issues with my skin and my scalp, and I actually chopped all my hair off. So um, that was really uh, paramount for me because I, I could not figure out what was going on in my body as I felt my body was rejecting me. You know, I was told that I had a tumor in my thyroid and a tumor in my uterus and a tumor tumors all across my ovaries and and they couldn't even explain to me whether they were going to take one ovary both ovaries my uterus uh my fallopian tubes and one thing that women don't understand is that a hysterectomy is not just a one a one one organ thing there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle of how it happens and what your options are um and so this was a lot to digest and learn but ultimately, I was grateful that at least I was able to keep my ovaries. And um, I'm sweating right now. Um, 
A lot of people think that, you know, if you keep your ovaries that you don't have any symptoms, not true. A lot of these things are things that, um, that we'll go through forever and things that we went through even with the, the things that cause us to have to have the surgeries. Um, that's what a lot of people don't seem to think about other than just the actual hysterectomy. For me, the um, aftermath of the surgery was, I'm not gonna say devastating, but it was definitely a loss of control. I feel like the whole, the whole synopsis of the event and the recovery time was um, a life lesson for me because as you guys, I wanna be able to go and do as I please. I got three kids, I'm not used to sitting on the couch. I bought myself a bunch of onesies to try to make it better and think, okay, you know, I have to relax. But, you know, even trying to run my podcast, I had no energy. I had to cancel things for the first time in my life. And I didn't like, you know, who that, who that person was that needed help. But it was also interesting how we are super women, but that doesn't mean that we don't have to ask for help. And it doesn't mean that, you know, um, that just because we, we lose a part that we're any less of a woman. And I'm actually one of those that didn't ever feel that way. I never felt like I was less than a woman because I feel like I am every woman with a uterus or without one. But I still wanted to have the option um, to have that choice. Now, um, as Patrice said, I see the blessing. Um, I, I realized how many years I cried out for help and was ignored. Um, and so when that answer finally came, a lot of people said, try other options. And for me, I was like, I, I'm just happy to have the option because some women need it and can't get it. So I am grateful at this time to have met other women and to have a platform to share this kind of information on, because the reality is, is we have to educate each other because if we don't, there are so many people left in the dark and most importantly, left in pain. So, um, that is my story and the residual effects right now is basically i'm still bald-headed but thank goodness i can buy hair um so aside from that i want to start talking about the aftermath um miranda has a lot of information pertaining to the aftermath and the resolution but the first thing i want to put on the floor is what do you guys think is the biggest change in your life since surgery We'll start with Miranda. Well, the biggest change after my surgery, other than um, other than the physical change, which it definitely zapped my energy for about a good year at least, and really uh, even on, uh, that was the biggest change at the beginning. Um, but then the biggest change after that would. I would say would be my attitude, um, my skin, my body, <laughs> my, my everything uh, was affected. So it, it, in my opinion, the biggest change was the hormonal issues. Because when you have a hysterectomy, you kept um, your ovaries. But when you have a hysterectomy, you're you know, in menopause immediately. It, it just shocks your body and hormones are the foundation of your health. And it, it's what helps you stay youthful. And um, that really affected me. And until I got that right, I really struggled. Um, you know, and like, like, Dilla said, and you had said, I, I don't, Patrice, you're so young when you had your hysterectomy. Um, women in their 30s now are having perimenopausal symptoms. It's not uncommon. And it's, it's something that our mothers had, my mother had it early, but most mothers had it a little bit later than us. Um, but with our modern diet, you know, all the environmental factors, synthetic birth control, IUDs, um, all of the chemicals in our makeup and body products, they're all affecting our hormone levels. And so women are, I'm finding, are having mental, perimenopausal symptoms much earlier than um, in previous generations. So, um, you know, if we can stop that and if we can make some changes in women's health early on, hopefully we can prevent some of these hysterectomies and um, help women stay healthier longer. 
What you said is, uh, it, it even educated me because I'm underneath the year mark and I kind of get down on myself when I don't have energy and I push myself because I feel like, you know, it's something else. Um, but you kind of just validated the fact that we often minimize the magnitude of the things that we go through. And I think that's also uh, evident for the people around us. Because I know I often find myself saying, like, this was monumental, like, give me a break. But even with my skin and the things that you just mentioned, we seem to think that because we kept our ovaries, at least in my sake, we think we're not going to have any of those changes. But you really just validated a lot of the symptoms that I also have. And I also don't even think about the fact that I, I still am going to go through menopause or am going through it because they make it seem like, oh, you kept them like you're fine. And so I think I also kind of lacked on the research um, of doing that. I started focusing on my other health issues and haven't really done the day to day that I need to be doing to mitigate a lot of that. So thank you, because um, this is why we need to have these conversations. And like you said, we also need to work, focus more on preventive measures because a lot of people do opt for surgery a lot of times when there's preventive measures. And it may be more work, but it also adds to longevity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, doctors are so trained on hysterectomies <laughs> And, oh, let's, you know, you know, they say doctors practice. Well, they're practicing, you know, on how to uh, correct. Line us up. But they actually, you know, once they perform a hysterectomy, they do not have a lot of education in medical school about how to treat women afterwards. There is not a lot of education on hormones. Um, there is, you know, a lot of their... Uh, you know, education comes from pharmaceutical reps that come into their practice. And uh, honestly, you know, that static dosing, it's not healthy. It's, you know, usually synthetic. And if you, you know, really study this and learn that if you get on a biorhythmic, bioidentical program, and you kind of, um, you know, mimic what a healthy female's body would do, then you can recreate those natural biorhythms and turn your life around. And you know, get back to yourself. And if you try to do that before a hysterectomy, then a lot of times that can be prevented and you won't even need surgery. So that's, I'm just very passionate about that. Um, cause there are so many women who have had unnecessary surgery and, and sometimes like in the cases you've heard today and even mine, um, you know, it, it was necessary, but how you treat it afterwards is a totally different story. That's, that's true because I I'm a firm believer like um Patrice is saying about holistic remedies I was one to drink a lot of green tea and because I had a lot of antioxidants and different things that was helping me and I had only one fiber that was in my uterus um that was didn't grow in no way shape or form for like seven years and when I reached between 40 41 boom it just out of nowhere out of nowhere so for me, that was just like, wow, like, this is crazy. And I felt like it was necessary for me because of what I've been through before eight years ago, you know, almost dying from fibroids and things like that. And I had a premonition, if you will, that I had to have it taken out. And that's the reason why when I was 34 or 35, I told my doctor, you know, I think you should just take it out because I feel like it's eventually down the road, it's going to happen. It was just mm -hmm. something in me that told me it was going to happen. So when this doctor here in Savannah told me, I, was, I wasn't surprised. In no way, shape, or form was I surprised because I knew that it was a possibility that was going to happen. And um, I mean, like you said, some women, they, they're, it, it's necessary. And I do believe that, yes, there is another alternative and there's, you know, holistic remedies and different things that you can do to actually help your body, um, you know, with, with it, just depending on how drastic it is or how, how serious it is because honestly if the fiber was small and nothing was wrong with my uterus if it wasn't enlarged as it was and I was having I wasn't having all the complications I wouldn't do it but because of everything that was taking place and my prior experience I was like oh hell no mm -mm. You, you gotta go <laughs> I think surgery scar tissue and things like that matter too because for me I had never had surgery in my life even having three children, I never had surgery. I was deathly afraid of my autoimmune causing 
Miranda, I almost died of pneumonia having um, pregnant with one of my children. I had varicella pneumonia. And so that's the kind of stuff I was afraid of because once they open you up, you're susceptible to infection. For me, that was the issue. Yeah. Listening to you two with previous cesarean and with you having gallbladder surgery and stuff, I really feel like those kind of things also make it harder because you, you're building all this stuff up in there already. And that's the kind of stuff that I think people need to pay attention to is those kind of factors that kind of open you up to being vulnerable to these kind of things. Um, and also trying to start um, therapies sooner than later, because a lot of people, Miranda, don't, they don't get help or even think that therapies are necessary um, outside of mental health therapy, honestly. You know, people don't think about the things that we need to go through and to rehab our bodies after processes or, or day to day and even diets and and the lifestyle changes that need to be made um when we're going through life even in in age changes like you said in the 30s i'm 37 and i'm really having to look at life a little differently because i realize my body's not doing what it used to do and now everything is changing yeah yeah well i mean honestly there hasn't really been a place to go get help you know a lot of doctors aren't educated they don't you know, they're well-intentioned, but they don't understand hormones. They, they do not learn them in medical school. And, you know, I'm from Arkansas. I thankfully had the resources to go out of state and locate a doctor after researching that knew about biorhythmic and bioidentical and transdermal, you know, but so many people don't. And had I not been fortunate enough to do that, you know, I, I don't know what I would have ended up doing, staying on a static dose and being miserable probably. But thankfully, because of that, you know, I've been able to be a part of creating something amazing to give it access to every woman, the average woman, make it affordable, you know, through our telehealth service to help women. And, you know, I just encourage women to get their hormones checked, you know, to check your options, you know, to not just, you know, take care of yourself. You need to be a scientist of your own health. You need to study what's important, learn about bioidentical, learn about biorhythmic, learn about what can really help you as a woman, what you can avoid, you know, synthetic drugs, synthetic shampoos, you know, buy organic, eat clean, all the things that we can do to improve our health. Um, are just so important and uh, so overlooked. I mean, your health is everything. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So be an advocate for yourself. I concur with that 100% because when I went back to my post-op, I was telling the doctor, you know, I'm still having a little bit about some menopause. I mean, going on like hot flashes and so on and so forth. And he was like, well, you know, that's going to happen. And what we can do is go and run some tests on you to test your hormones. And if you want, we just put you on hormone this and hormone that. I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. Thanks. Appreciate it. I don't need all these drugs and stuff in my body. Like, I, I refuse. I refuse to do that to myself. And he was like, okay, well, you know, that's fine. If that's what you want to do. And so sometimes I just feel like they try to, like, want to sell you on trying to have medication in your body. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not for it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that to myself. Because... You know, you go and you take these medications for one thing, and then you have side effects for something else. So if it's it's helping one side of your body, but then on the other side, it's screwing up another aspect of your body. So it is. It is if it's synthetic for sure. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you women healthy young women have hormones, have high mm -hmm. hormone levels, have you know different levels throughout the month. Um, and we need those to stay healthy and prevent disease. Um, but synthetic, you know, I'm very much into holistic, healthy. I don't believe in synthetic. I believe in all bioidentical. And it is so important to stay away, you know, from any, anything that will hurt your body. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you find the right things, you know, we can, I'm, I'm, I'm not vain, but I very much want to slow down the aging process. I want to get older. I just don't want to look older. But you, I want my hormone levels right. You can hold it, I'm 51. Girl, you don't look a day over 50, uh, a day over 35. Get out of here with all that. 
you know, my uh, program definitely has helped me. And, uh, you know, now I'm engaged. My fiance is a little bit younger than me. And uh, I'm very thankful yeah, for Miranda. To keep, so I can keep up with him. <laughs> she has figured out the secrets to, to staying young. We need to take notes. Um, uh, that's awesome. Congratulations on your engagement. Yes. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. Very excited. That's awesome. And like um, Patrice was saying, I had a, a situation too where I, my uterus is, it was tilted backwards and there's resting low on my cervix. So every time I would get pregnant, I would have miscarriages like crazy. And um, I was pregnant with twins at what, one point. And one twin fell out at like three and a half months and I wasn't paying attention because I was young, dumb and stupid. I didn't know no better. And so when I went to the doctor and they were like, well, you know, you lost one baby, but you still have the other one. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, you're 25. You don't know what's going on. And um, one day I was cooking and I had to go use the bathroom and my baby fell out of me and I had to catch it before I fell onto a toilet. Five and a half months. And so that was traumatic for me. And that's how my whole journey with fibroids and, you know, my uterus and all that stuff happened because when I was having my cycles, it was just like a family of clocks. It was crazy. And I never understood why and how it happened. And then when I did go to the doctor to ask questions about it and, you know, why is this going on and why is this happening to me, come to find out that the fibroid that I had was behind my uterus and it was already the size of an, um, a golf ball. And the nurse at the time had to like really insert the thing in me to like really search around to see what the hell was going on with my uterus. And then she was like, well, the reason why is because your fibroid is behind your uterus on the outside. So I guess it finally wanted to show itself and was like, hi, I'm right here. How you doing? And it, it was crazy. And that's how my journey started. So I always tell women, like, make sure when you go to the doctor, have them thoroughly check, your, check you to, to make sure that the, your, your fibroid is not behind your uterus, because that's what happened to me. Because sometimes, you know, they're not going to show up when you're, you're getting the sonograms done. Well, so yeah. I'm thankful for that nurse that she was, did like an ex, a thorough Excellent. checkup on me. I mean, it was uncomfortable as hell. I'm like, this is not a nice experience. Like, this is just crazy. But it's not. And that's the thing that's, that's really hard, I think, that the support systems need to understand is that mm -hmm. tests are not comfortable and it's not, mm -hmm. it's not easy. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is a couple years ago, I had one doctor see my cyst and I had another doctor discount it and tell me it was related to my cycle. And so that's why I said it's really important who your professional is. And, and Miranda even mentioned doing research before you just let anybody do something. And I'm grateful for the doctor that actually did my hysterectomy. But the thing that I don't agree with is when I went for my post-op three weeks after, he said, don't come back. And so, you know, that left me to figure out. He handed me my pathology report, which actually had findings on it, but I had to Google them to see what it said that I had because he never explained to me what was taken out and what it meant. And this is the reality for a lot of people is that yes. nowadays it's really hard to have good medical care and even for people to explain to you what they're doing to your body. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. and, and this is something that is extremely important. And, and with me having chronic illness, I feel like a full-time patient. You know, my husband yells at me and says, take care of yourself. And I told him, you don't understand how emotional that is. Because sitting in there, I've been at the doctor Monday and Tuesday. I have to have cardiology tests, vascular tests. And the week before surgery, they told me I have a clotting disorder. But don't worry, go ahead and have the surgery. You know, this is going to be for the rest of your life, but you don't need medications. You just have a bleeding issue. And, you know, how long have I been dealing with that? You know, for years I've been saying, what's wrong? Why am I getting blood clots in my lungs? You shouldn't have that at 32 years old. Um, not to mention I've had a relative die from it, you know? And so the thing that I think I want most people, not just women, everybody to understand that you are your best advocate. Mm -hmm. And the one thing you have to do is advocate for yourself. And it's something that we often do for others. I know each of us on here advocate for our loved ones and our children like it ain't nothing. That comes easily. 
But the reality is, is we have to advocate for ourselves and mean what we say. And if somebody's not listening to you, somebody else will. And that's the reality of it because our bodies, we need them for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And they got to hold up everything that's going on on the inside and the outside. And so I think if nothing else, um, I want each of you to um, give everyone a takeaway, starting with Miranda. Well, I just want to say thank you, first of all, Anika, for having me on and um, for every woman out there listening to this and every man too. Uh, you know, men have hormonal issues and health issues and surgeries, testicular cancer, all the things, you know, prostate cancer, everything that um, we have in, in different areas. Um, just, you know, reach out to someone who's been through this get on podcasts like this, research, 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 you know, just don't take a doctor's word for it. Like I said, they're well-meaning. There are wonderful doctors out there. Get more than one opinion. You know, um, it's your life, your body, your health. Kind of our company is like my body, my life, my health optimized. You know, we, we have these little taglines we use. Um, and reach out to any of us, like Anika or Dillis, Patrice, me, um, you know, we're happy to answer questions, specific questions about what we've been through. Um, but research, you know, just, just be an advocate for yourself, like Anika said, and love yourself and know that life is precious and that you need to enjoy every day. So if you don't feel well, keep searching until you find the right solution because you are meant to live your best life. Truth. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Miranda, can you tell listeners what your company is and how to reach you? Absolutely. Um, it's bodhd.com and you can reach me directly at Miranda at bodhd.com. That's my email. It's M-A-R-A-N-D-A, -A not M-I. Um, and I'm happy to visit with anyone, it, it, you know, it, it talk about hormones all day long, whether you, you know, are interested in our hormones or not. It's just a mission of mine to share it with the world. Um, so please reach out to me that way. Um, and on Facebook, Miranda Bailey, I'm happy to message anyone and answer questions too. So that means I can stalk you on Facebook? Great. I'd love to. We have to be friends on Facebook. Uh, you women are amazing. And I, you know, uh, what you've been through um, is a lot more than me. Um, my aftermath was really bad. Um, but, you know, the process, I, I just admire you. I admire your strength, all of you. And uh, so thankful I got to spend this time with you today. Same it's a pleasure to meet you, Miranda. And we'll definitely be in touch. Yes, ma'am. Um, tell everyone how to reach you. Um, well, I am the only Dillis hostess with the mostest, D-H-Y-L-L-E-S. So you can Google me, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, your mama's email, daddy's email, everything. <laughs> Dillis, D-H-Y-L-L-E-S. Um, and my... Email address is info at createyourmediastory.com because I help people create their media stories, who they are, who they used to be, the struggle they overcame, how they turned their purpose into a business all on one media sheet as opposed to eight pages of media kits because, you know, media personalities and people in general have a short attention span. So I just create a media story that is powerful, effective, and it speaks who you are, speaks volumes about you personally and professionally and design an amazing media uh, sheet to go along with it, to just, just forward it out to the whole entire world, telling your, your truth and your story. And so uh, the website is createyourmediastory.com and info at createyourstory.com. But like I said, just hit me up on Facebook. I'm always on there because of what I do. And so just type in Dillis, D-H-Y-L-L-E-S, and I'll be there, the one with the glasses, and me and my fiance, you know, being all canoodling with each other on my pictures. So you'll see us and you get very disgusted and be like, oh my God, but they're so cute together. I can't stop watching.
Anika loves me. She knows she loves me. I'm just shaking my head. Um, go ahead and tell everybody how to reach you. <laughs> okay, so as I said at the beginning, I am Patrice Danielle, but I go by the name of She Inspires over social media platforms. So you can just look for me on Instagram or Facebook under She Inspires You. And my website is www.sheinspiresyou.co.uk. And yes, I am everywhere. I'm a personal growth coach. So I support and empower women with overcoming their past and just moving on from anything. Mainly um, for myself, my experiences are moving on for relationships, um, trauma and things like that. So I empower and support women in that way. But I just wanted to say, again, just mirroring what Miranda and Delis have said, this has been such an incredible way to give out information to people and let them understand personal experiences from people so thank you so much for this opportunity it's been absolutely incredible just listening to to i've got so emotional while i've been sitting here <laughs> just listening to the stories because as i said you can sometimes feel so alone and although mine was you know nearly five years ago still you know there's still things that you know that element as i've never had a conversation with somebody else about it's probably the most untalked about element of my life that i i talk about everything if you go on my social media you probably know everything about me my relationships my children everything i'm very transparent but that particular thing is just something that i've never delved into for whatever reason but it's just been so incredible to be able to sit down and actually openly talk about my feelings, my experience. So, you know, you guys are absolutely incredible, phenomenal women. And I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful and humbled. Awesome. So I get to stalk you as well and look at all your business. I'm going to be stalking you before you stalk me, girl. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I want to I thank you guys for, um, for being a part of the process because, you know, I'm also going through the process. And the only thing that I know how to do is to live out loud. Um, mm -hmm. and so anything that I go through, I'm willing to share. I was always that person that everybody thought told too much. And guess what? I'm going to tell more. That's so me. The reality <laughs> of it is, is that we should never live life alone. I've spent too much time going through things by myself and I refuse to ever go through anything alone again. Mm -hmm. so, I'm going to have a drink to that later on. And I know she's going to call me. So, <laughs> so thank you ladies for being here. I will attach your social media and your websites to the podcast um, description. So listeners, if you want to get a hold of any of these ladies, um, definitely click on the description of the podcast and we just might have another conversation later about this. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks Thank you for All right, listeners, that's another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson signing off. Stay powerful.